On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about a little off-season headlines, who we think is going to stand out, and some good old position battles we're looking forward to. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. again. End zone and picked off. Intercepted by Rasul Douglas. And the Packers are going to win it. A.J. Green was the target and he never looked for the ball. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Yo, 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 yo. Hey, dust off the computers. We're back for season <laughs> four, three. Oh, we started season four like a little, you know, a couple episodes ago. But yeah, yeah, it's we're back. Officially where we're at. It's It's been 45, 60 days or so. But good to be back. And training camp starts on Wednesday. It, hard to believe, but we're seven weeks away from actual real NFL football. Yeah, I mean, there's already uh, yesterday when we were recording this, uh, there's already football being played at Lambeau. It just happens to be that English version that we are not as keen on as the I was going to say. How, how much did we care about that? I watched. I watched. I mean, I, watched. I wish I could have watched. I couldn't. But seventy-eight thousand people showing up to Green Bay. I mean. I w- I watched, and then I honestly realized that if I still lived in Milwaukee, what would have happened was a group of friends would have said, we're going to the soccer game. We would have gone. We would have tailgated, got tickets, had a good time, wore the jerseys, or wore, you know, like everyone would have picked a team, or you divide your group in half, and you go half for one team, half for the other. And then once the soccer actually started, I would have been like, ugh. The fun was at the tailgate. <laughs> I just oh even no. the whoa, even whoa, even whoa. the that's some even, good soccer right back there. Up, back up. Even the teams did not care. They shortened the game after the lightning was in the area so they could get their chartered flight. It's a chartered flight. Tell it it's going to be an hour later. They they shortened the game to forty minutes <laughs> and a five minute halftime. Forty minute halves and a five minute halftime. It was a friendly that they did not care about. Said so, yeah, cool. I, I just didn't care. It, it was good to see Lambeau Field. To quote Ted, to quote Ted Lasso, Dan is being a wanker. So let's talk about <laughs> our version of football, and we're gonna start on. A, I was gonna talk about pups, and we were gonna make a joke about puppies, and then it just didn't work out because this is not fun. Uh, pup list includes ten folks right now, which would be Watson, Tunyon. Jenkins, Crosby, Lowry, Hill, Ramsey, Taylor, and the most recent one, Bakhtiari. So let's start here where we had thought, you know what? Bakhtiari, understanding there's a timetable. They used him for that Lions game at the end of the last last season. It seemed like they pushed him a little too far because two weeks later he wasn't able to go in the playoffs. Season ends kind of this disaster situation for him especially since it was his big old signing contract uh came due what do we make of this how are you on zero not sweating whatsoever to 10 i threw up three times today already on bakhtiari being added to this list defcon one (laughs) yep i am not uh i'm not excited about that announcement it's been 
it was December of 2020 that he went down with the ACL, and I know he came back and played in an NFL game, uh, but didn't finish it to the best of my recollection. And we're 18 months later. Uh, he's 30 years old. It's not too old for a tackle in the NFL. Uh, but in today's day and age, like a year is the timeline on an ACL. So 18 months later to be put on the pup, you could make an argument that he's a veteran and the training camp pup is not the same thing as the regular season pup where you need to miss the first six weeks. Uh, but I would think if he's healthy enough, he's at practice working on the sidelines, doing rehab, mixing in for certain drills to be on the pup. I'm scared. I I don't like where that's headed. Yeah. Yeah. And the the fact that he just when he did play that game, he didn't look right. He, he didn't look confident. Um, and and that, I'm sure that's a reason why he got pulled or, or you know tweaking it. But anyways, I am so surprised that he's not coming back because even Lafleur said you know just a few weeks ago that he was very confident in Bakhtiari being ready for training camp and you know beginning of season. So for this to happen, it's just like what's going on? You know, are, are there other issues? I don't know, but you know it's. It is shocking to see, especially after the big contract, and he still hasn't played after that big contract. So it's a little frustrating also, I'm sure, for all of us because we really just want our best left tackle out there to protect the best quarterback. So it's frustrating to see. And then the list, I'm not surprised because of how injured we were last year. Um, Most of those guys are, you know, on the – you know, very short list to, you know, come back, uh, you know, they're, they it won't take too long for them to get off the pup list, but yeah, it, it's frightening to see the length of it. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know quite what to make of it. And it, it, I think there's just nerves all around because I know Tunyon had some setbacks in his recovery, but I thought he was looking good. And then it, it seems like he's a little bit slower to start this camp. The fact that you have your, you would hope this receiver uh, savior of sorts and Watson already on the pup list. It's so tough for me to tell whether the Packers are being extra cautious saying, let's work through this. We've, we've now gone three seasons in a row at 13 wins and we've done a bulk of it with just a lot of shifting pieces and whoever's on the field, we feel good about putting together a winning season again. I, I, it's so tough to tell, and I know we're a month and a half out, and I, I do really think these next three weeks are going to be telling of. Here's the difference. Yeah. Here's the difference is when they talk about Tunyon, they say uh, we expect him to be back by week one. Yep. When they talk about Bakhtiari, it's like, well, you know, there's always things that happen in a recovery, and uh, he had some exactly. setbacks, and, uh, exactly. and there's no timeline. It's like, uh, that's a big difference. Correct. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. It's obviously something that the entire uh, Josh is, is Josh, no, at, but we need Yeah. <laughs> so, let's turn our attention. We've got, we've got three kind of main topics we're going to talk about. And the first is going to be Nerd Alert. Nerd Alert! But let's talk about Madden rankings and, oh, and meetings. That's and my I, music. That's my and music. I, and I know, that, I know that there's some people being like, who cares? It shifts. Da, 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 da. But... Uh, came out our our fearless leader Aaron Rodgers a 96 overall which uh did not put him remotely close to a certain Tom Brady who they think is the best quarterback in the game which holy mackerel just circle jerk around Tom Brady but the two I wanted to bring up Kenny Clark 
at 89. Stokes at 78. So lots of randomness. Uh, Jair got a 94, even though he's coming back from injury. Our second best ranking is also Bakhtiari, which we just discovered uh, might not be the greatest situation. So what do you guys make of the Madden ratings? Well, let's start with the uh, let's start with the lowest rated one that you just called out there. Eric Stokes has a 78. The guy as a rookie was a shutdown corner, put up some of the best stats we've seen from a rookie corner uh, in in the last decade. The you know the different PFF stats that were rolling out his his uh, you know cover metrics were just insane. So. Let's compare him to some others. Uh, I'll start with the fellow Green Bay Packer, Rasul Douglas, who came in as an 80. Do you guys feel like that's fair? Like Rasul Douglas a notch above Eric Stokes? I, I feel like it should just be a one-point notch, though. Like, <laughs> okay. we're, we're critiquing <laughs> one man. No, you know, here are my stats were then. better, but you know. Here are the two I really have an issue with then. Pat Sertain Jr., the Denver Broncos, 83. So the guy has a good rookie campaign and is an 83, but Eric Stokes' metrics were all the same if not better, and he's five points less. How'd that happen? And then Sauce Gardner, a draft pick, yet to play a game in the NFL, yet to have an NFL training camp practice, is the exact same rating as Eric Stokes, who was shutting down number one wide receivers last year. Do the the Madden people watch football? Yeah. Anyone watching knows Tom Brady is not the best quarterback in the NFL anymore. We can give him mentality and all that stuff. He's the greatest of all time, hands down, no question. But he is not the best quarterback playing in the NFL anymore. Those yeah. ratings are ridiculous. Yeah. The other one that blew my mind was Yash Ninjman. They gave him a 66. And last year he was our left tackle for how many games? I mean, a good amount of games and played very, very well. Um, even got even got Aaron Rodgers, you know, to say, yeah, that that, that kid knows what he's doing. So it, it's, it, yeah, it's funny to see. Funny to see. Kenny Clark was another one that was a little low. Uh, T.J. Slayton, even, I think, he was a little low. but How do you rate T.J. Slayton? <laughs> what about Devondre Campbell being a 97 in tackling? Like, I expect him to have full go-go gadget arm when he's on the hash mark and someone's on the sideline and all of a sudden Devondre's tackling him. It's like, yep, that's a 97 rating in tackling. <laughs> I know he was good, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. The ratings are always interesting. It's, it makes for great fodder before the guys are actually on the field. Oh, you oh. know every player looks at their rating. <laughs> you know it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is a perfect transition because we're going to be talking about position groups. Uh, the top wide receiver for the Packers is Sammy Watkins at 79, followed by Cobb, which probably is in a good situation that Sammy Watkins, that has been getting a lot of love this offseason already, is our top guy. And I am uh, I'm not even sold. I think we had even discussions when he was signed of whether – this is a guy we even expected on the roster come opening day. But with that, out of all your positions on this glorious Green Bay Packers football team outside of wide receiver, what position battle are you guys looking forward to the most? I, you know, Ryan, you go first. Let, let's give the host a first first dibs on this one. <sighs> Uh, I mean, it'd be. It, I think uh, cornerback is obviously going to be really fun to watch because you have this three-headed monster and see how they evolve and how Jair comes back. I'm going to go with a dark horse that you guys are going to roll your eyes and go, what is this guy talking about? I'm really interested to see what this tight end group does. Uh, I think 
You're going to see a normalcy return to Aaron Jones. Add that with Dylan, it's great. Offensive line is going to be a nice uh, mix, but that's no different than all 17 weeks last year. But you look at this tight end battle. Does Tunyon come back to resemble anything like he did in his breakout season a few years ago? Jaguara has been very, very vocal of saying he wants to take the next step. He says his evolution has taken too slow. If Tunyon isn't back, he knows that he needs to be the guy in Green Bay. Mercedes Lewis obviously is back, and Daphne, who I believe what PFF had as the second-best blocking tight end in the NFL. When you have a group that is going to be so inexperienced to some extent at wide receiver, this tight end crew is going to be so, so important from a blocking standpoint, from a catching standpoint. They are going to have to go up a level or two. And I really, really hope that this battle of does DeGuar make the jump to match Tunyon from a few years ago? Can can we get that awesome contract year Tunyon? Uh, I, I, I don't know why I'm a, thinking so much about tight ends, but I think that there is something there to, that will be fun to watch. It, it's funny. I let you go first. That was my backup pick. <laughs> but you no, know, you're you're right on. I mean, there there is a position to be won there, especially with Tunyon coming back from injury. You don't know if he's going to be, you know, exactly what he was before. So there is a chance for even Tyler Davis uh, to to make a splash. Deguara definitely is going to get a shot um, early on in the season. You know, as long as he catches the ball, you know, he can make <laughs> plays with his feet. So. And they believe in Tyler Davis, supposedly. Yeah, so that that no that that's going to be a fun because everybody's going to get a chance in that group to make a play, and it's just what they do with it. Um, yeah, but my my uh, first pick actually was the defensive line, though. Um, I am so intrigued to see what the percentage of plays ends up being. You know, Kenny's obviously going to get his reps, hopefully a little less, honestly, you know, keep him a little bit more fresh for later on in the season. Um, Let, let some of these younger kids take some of the beating, especially in the running game um, and use Kenny a little bit more in passing downs to get to the quarterback. But um, I'm intrigued to see how, how it ends up and and see how uh, the the rookie, you know, if, if Wyatt actually gets, uh, a, a decent amount of playing time early in the season, or if they're going to hold on until later in the season to get him revved up. So that, that's mine. We're down there with the hog mollies. It's so good to not be talking about the skill positions. Uh, I'm, I'm including the tight ends with my pick. The offensive line goes back to the Bakhtiari conversation. If that guy ain't there, which real concern right now, Elton Jenkins, probably not there. November ACL. If it's a 12-month timeline, he's starting on the pup list for the regular season. There's a real chance week one we look like Josh Nyman, John Runyon, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, and then insert right tackle here, a mix of rookie Cole Van Lannan, Jake Hansen, Zach Tom, Sean Ryan, Rasheed Walker, nobody. Yeah, give me Tom. Give me Tom. Nobody knows, right? So, like, not a real sexy pick, like. No one wants to be sitting here talking about like, well, is he more of a right guard or a right tackle? Like, I don't know. Just tell me where he's starting in week one. But boy, that line in week one could be a real concern. I look forward to that. Uh, I mean, think about that offense. Hey, we're going to switch to a running focused offense with a strong defense. Okay, so we 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 missed the mark. It was a malfeasance of the GM on the wide receiver position. I'm still mad about that. Uh, so we just have a strong offensive line and two great running backs. We're, we're trying to get them both a thousand yards in the same season. 
oh, what's your offensive line look like? Uh, yeah. Well, our yeah. good guys aren't here for eight weeks. But I, I meant I meant to bring that up on the Madden ratings too. If there's anything the Madden rating says to worry about, it's our offensive line. Um, it, their overalls are very low. But yeah, you're right. It you know especially if the Elkin Jenkins doesn't come back smoothly and it takes longer than it should, like Bakhtiari. We're in trouble. It's going to be a long season, and I'm so glad that we kept our offensive line coach, and he got a little promo, you know, so he can still do his magic. Um, yeah, but, what's his Madden rating? Is he a 99? Yeah, he, he's <laughs> got to be working his way up to head coach status. Like, no kidding. I mean, if he pulls off the first eight weeks of this year, uh, yeah, he'll be he'll be getting interviews for sure. But that offensive line concerns me. So it's not the sexiest position to watch in the preseason. Because what are you just going to count sacks we gave up i don't really know but it's gonna be something uh, it's gonna be a concern week one no matter how it pans out two things though i think we were very very high on our draft picks this year in terms of o-line i think we we liked overall what we did uh to add depth so not necessarily excited for them being thrown in the fire week one but exactly i at least am glad that we're not looking at it going holy crap who what free agent veteran can we get in there because we didn't do anything to support this so there's some awesome guys that i think we're really really excited about two i'm gonna be bummed when in by week five we go you know it's like you don't realize the glory days are here until they're already gone because we have been absolutely just shown a gold platter of an o-line for years upon years and now it's just like you lose two pieces and you realize what you have left. And I hope and I hope and you see Myers elevate his game and hopefully stay healthy. And there's definitely reasons to believe right. that we're, we'll hold it together. But you don't realize how good we've had it for the last three or four years until you look at what we could have this year. Eww. Right. Right. Let's hope it's nothing. I mean, maybe Bakhtiari's back for week one. Maybe Jenkins only misses the first four to six weeks. Then you got two pro bowlers at tackle and Josh Myers, who's shown he was a steady center. And mm. I'll talk all day about your guards can be average. Uh, then then we're back to, you know, just the wide receiver position being a problem. And the reason we're not focusing on the wide receiver position is everyone knows this. Every podcast, every national media outlet has covered this problem. I don't think we need to talk about it anymore. So those are three good position battles outside a wide receiver to follow. Perfect segue yet again. So let's say we control with our crystal ball what the media talks about. What is your dream headline you would like to read in two or three weeks? It could be a player. It could be a, a motivational section of the, the newspaper, whatever. What is your headline that you are just dreaming about? Josh, go ahead. You you passed the mic on the last time. <laughs> okay, so this is one that <clears throat> I'm actually down on the player, and I've actually don't even – I honestly think he might not even make Sean the Gary, team. we know, we know. <laughs> oh, shoot. No, but <laughs> Sa- Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins. So I want to hear Sammy Watkins' name in the headlines all the time. Because if this guy can get back <clears throat> to his old form, so he, he's played with Lafleur before in the with the Rams, um, he had very good success working with Lafleur. 
So, you know, he he's in shape. He looks to still have some speed. Um, he, he's got the NFL knowledge um, on how to beat the defenses. So we don't need him to be, you know, Mr. Superman either. We just need a guy that can be consistent, getting 10 yards, getting open over the middle and outside and catching the ball. So, I mean, if he can do that, Rodgers will throw him the ball. I mean, so, you know, because Lazard has a hard time getting open by himself, you know, so if somebody can do that other than Cobb, you know, you're going to get thrown the ball a lot and hopefully Sammy Watkins can step up. Can I ask a question real quick? Last three seasons for Sammy Watkins, three TDs, three TDs, two TDs, and then last year with the Ravens, one. In your eyes, future time, obviously, hopefully he looks good now. What would be your dream scenario, Josh, for him in terms of yards and touchdowns? What would you, what would eclipse your perspective of like this is? That's it. a great question. Uh, 900, 900 yards. Oh, I, would, I, would, I would love it. And then, and then touchdowns. I'm, I'm thinking around eight, eight. I'm not, you know, Josh, Josh, he did 900 yards in 20, no, no. That's my dream. That, that's that's what I'm saying for him to make the headlines. He needs to do that. That's what that's what I'm saying. Oh, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think some other younger wide receivers will step up and perform well. But if Couldn't that go. happens. The season will be a lot easier. We couldn't go a whole podcast without talking about wide receivers. Yeah. Last uh, six years under 700 yards. Five of those six were under 600. Hey, under 19 touchdowns combined in the ball. last six years. We just don't know who yet. Someone I don't think anyone's catching, catching the ball. The, ball. <laughs> the correct answer would have been. is going to fumble. Yeah. Correct answer would have been 500 yards, six touchdowns, and we say that is exactly what we hoped. There, That'd be not, great. Nine hundred and nine. Oh, that'd be great. All right, Ryan, you got the mic. Give, give me your uh, good headline for training camp. Get out of here. My my dream headline. I'm going back on the defense. Is that these bulldogs are hungry? You look at Stokes feeling disrespected, doesn't want to have a sophomore slump, and then Walker and Wyatt, our first round picks, coming out and being just proactive in the way they think about the game and being an immediate influence. If these three dudes, if these three Bulldogs come into this season and play well, this defense has a chance to be very, very special because we talk about the weakness last year being secondary help need a little love. And then the inside of this defense from linebacker to D line, if those three gentlemen are just showing up to the training camp and are just People are eyes wide open being athletic freaks. These guys are going to fit in with the Packers on day one of the season. I am over the moon excited about what the potential could be for this team. I got good news for you, Ryan. Ooh. Those headlines are going to happen. Yes, they are. Hey, your first round picks look amazing in practice. <laughs> those headlines always happen. <laughs> But no, no, no. But it's it's one of those things, too, that it kind of excites me about. I think it was Walker is there is there is a hunger to learn, which not every first rounder has. They kind of show up and they try to make their mark. But there is there is I I have a a hope that it's not just they look good, but that they're hungry, that they're they're already, you know, feeling at home. And Campbell seems to be in love with stuff. And I know Kenny Clark's been saying good stuff. So. I just hope yeah, they, it comes to fruition. I I always worry with rookies in the Packers. They don't seem to play him too much early on, but maybe, maybe Eric Stokes. Change. Uh, okay. Maybe. Yeah. Just look at last year Georgia product Eric Stokes. Had 
if you can get the same production out of those two guys, this defense is going to be number one in the NFL. Like, it's as simple as that. So I would love those headlines as well. Yeah. Uh, sure. I'm, I'm going to give you guys a quick quiz, and uh, it's going to be rapid fire before I name uh, my player. Maybe it falls a little more into Josh's category. Like, do I think he's going to be this good? Not really. But if I'm reading these headlines, we're heading in a really exciting direction. So – uh, safety depth chart, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, and then that's what I thought. Uh, inside inside linebacker depth chart, Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, and then yeah, that's that's what kind of what I thought too. And you guys are off mute, so all right. Oh wait, wait, we're supposed to answer? Yeah, Chris Barnes. <laughs> okay, Vernon Chris Scott. Barnes. We got one. Okay, and Vernon Scott, who's been on the team for a few years and hasn't made a play yet. Um, but after that, I. Uh... Oh, Ty yes. Summers is still on the team, I think. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Isaiah McDuffie. Oh yeah, Boston. Yeah. Yep. Um, at safety, at Sean Davis. So Ooh-y. this leads to my guy, seventh round draft pick. But the guy, like, speaking of Madden, the guy with the build, you're kind of like, ooh, this could be fun if it pans out. And don't ask me how it pans out, but if I'm reading some headlines that I think it's Tarek, not Tariq. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, but I think it's Tarek Carpenter. If you're reading some headlines that he is playing the role the Packers wanted Raven Green to play, I think good things are about to happen. 6'3", 230. I know he was a seventh-round pick, but can I repeat? 6'3", 230. He was a safety in college. They're not sure if they want him playing safety or inside linebacker. But if you tell me that they see some natural instincts out of this man, if you're getting some headlines like he's – He's the steal of the draft. They think they really found a gem with that draft yeah. pick. As a backup safety, you need depth. Vernon Scott has proven it. You know, he's his tape is solid too. Like he's a playmaker. Like that's that's Vernon a good, Scott or Tarek Carpenter. Tarek Carp- okay. Carpenter. Yeah, no, no, I, I forgot about him. I, I forgot yeah. about him until you brought him up, and because he was listed under depth chart under inside linebacker, not safety. So that that was. Uh, I see that on ESPN. He's listed there too. Um, yeah. But you know, regardless of position in in today's NFL as a defense, he can be positionless and just you know, call him a rover, you know, whatever mm-hmm. position it Fre- might freak be. Freak athlete, freak athlete. He he could, yeah, he could be good. We kind of know what Vernon Scott is. I hope he makes a jump. Um, I'm not sure Sean Davis or the depth chart shows Trey Sterling, and I would literally have to open a new tab to see who that is. Um, so we need help at safety too. And if, if you're telling me he's got natural instincts and you could see him playing in some third down packages, uh, that's going to round out this defense very nicely. So that would be a headline I would love to read in training camp. That's the other thing that I, I, to be honest with you, kind of forgot until you brought up. We talked about as soon as this draft ended that every single one of these guys they selected, and that goes for whether they're O-line, wide receiver, Kingsley out of South Carolina at linebacker, we thought they they picked just absolute athletic freaks. I know right. that everybody that goes in the NFL is to that level of freakish. But for a Packers draft, they picked guys that were just diverse in Big their time. abilities. I, it, it's it's exciting. I, I kind of actually skipped my mind of the fact that this draft is very unlike the Packers where they, you know, let's pick that big old white sturdy guy and let's make it work. They went down and found who they needed to find that just uh, just wowed them uh, statistically and, and all the measurables. So 
it's going to be a fun group to watch. That could be a headline itself is just what does this draft look like from a special teams guy that you could see by week nine playing a factor in this season. It's it's going to be a good group to watch. So that will do it until uh, until hopefully uh, we're not even going to say it, but we hope to not have a podcast full of bad news because something happened. Uh, but uh, I mean, man, closest uh, to your athleticism comps and how they drafted by athleticism. I just pulled up the Raz scores. Uh, Tarek Carpenter, closest Raz comps. Isaiah Simmons, Derwin Ooh. James, Darren hey. Woodson. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, nine, nine, 9.06 yeah. in the 7th round. <laughs> Everybody, go watch some film. Tyree Carpenter, I think Finn's got something there. Well, I don't know if I have something, but I would love to have read some headlines about the Packers having something. That that would be a good thing for the season. Because who knows who's blocking for the offense. We're going to have to play <laughs> some good defense. So we'll wrap it up with this last thought. Uh, it was announced today as we were recording it that the Packers are going to be bringing back their all gold helmets with the all uh, forest green jersey top and pants and gold numbers. At the same time that the Bears released that they're doing an all orange helmet and orange jerseys. So can we remind everybody, history is important, but the Packers are the ones that didn't fall for the trick of we're going to go wild with it. We're going to stick to our guns. How happy are we that we aren't going like full yellow on yellow or some all black alternate that we're staying true to ourselves and <laughs> being who we are they, as Packers? They they better keep this green for a little bit. It is just that good. And they they like wearing it. They look confident in it. I love the yellow helmet. It, it's mm-hmm. simple. And the brown, I always hate the brown helmets. Like it, it's not leather. We get it. Like. Um, you know, I hate that actually navy blue design something. Yeah, the you know, acne. But, yeah, yeah, but but this at least at least sure. it looks good. It looks good. And those bears. Oh, I'm sorry, y'all. That that's rough. But the dirt, the jersey's nice. The helmet is just like, what the heck is this? It's easy to keep it simple when you're a winning franchise. Like you can just. Oh, respect the tradition and keep it simple. But when you're a losing franchise for the last 10 years, you try to go a little wild with it and drum up some some ticket and merch sales. Uh, they wore orange when they were in the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, yeah. Didn't pan out well. I, I but, like the jersey. I like the jersey. Yeah, it was an orange jersey. I, I don't I don't remember the helmet, but I don't think the helmet was orange. <laughs> yeah, those Super Bowl uniforms were gross, man. It there is. it is. Number eight. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but holy dad jokes pack. already rolling. Yeah, we're there flying, we man. Yeah, congrats, new dad. Yes, thank <laughs> you, thank you. We have uh, thirteen shades of green for uh, for Sundays, and we're ready to go. So, but uh, <laughs> wild times. I hope uh, I hope this works out. I hope that Lafleur has had a a relaxing off season, but he's about to open up this playbook beyond. Uh, Beyond wild, and we'll see what this defense does because right now the hype meter on, on this offense and this defense, uh, we'll see. They're on polar opposites right now, uh, and I hope that I hope we're not as bad as we think we could be on offense, and that we're better than we even think we're going to be on defense. And we'll see what happens, but we'll catch up with everybody in a, a few weeks to see how training camp is going and what we're we're feeling heading into our preseason matchups. But until then, thanks, everybody. 
So, Pat, thanks.